Ladies and gentlemen, let's keep calm and cauliflower tea. Keep calm and cauliflower, cauliflower cheese, cauliflower cheese, cauliflower cheese. Keep calm and cauliflower, keep calm and cauliflower, keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Yes, well put, welcome along dude and dudettes. It's a 4th of July special. Uh, Chappie here, the British butler. It's uh, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, number 13. And it's the eve of 4th of July. We're delving and diving into the 4th of July tomorrow. Uh, I may be hiding in my red coat. There'll be no musket. There'll be maybe lots of Indian food to eat uh, instead of the traditional wiener dogs. Uh, I do like Indian food on 4th of July. Absolutely delicious. A spicy, spicy, spicy vindaloo. Um, maybe some naan bread. Uh, I do like a uh, crispy sizzling bratwurst. So on today's program, our bumper edition, we just had a podcast. I've lubricated my throat uh, with some nice lozenges and uh, some blackcurrant tea, a little bit of PG tips, and I'm raring to go for a uh, second Bonanza uh, 4th of July edition of uh, the podcast. And I have a couple of special guests sitting with me right here. We have the uh, Snaggletooth Jackie Boy, and we have the absolutely delightful lady of the house, Georgina. George is here as well. And we're going to have a, uh, a little uh, transatlantic sausage eating competition. Um, we're going to have a, a wiener, a wiener, a hot dog. And we have uh, versus a Cumberland sausage and maybe some bratwurst as well. It's sitting on a plate to the left of me. Um, all of them fully fully cooked. The uh, the uh, wiener dog's been cut up, um, or the wiener has been cut up, ready to go. And um, we have the uh, bratwurst and the Cumberland sausage as well, raring to go uh, for our little Fourth of July transatlantic uh, sausage jousting competition. And uh, my dogs will determine the winner of uh, of this particular competition. So. Lovely to have them as a special guest, live audience today. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, uh, dear George and uh, Jackie. Thank you so much. And um, some of the other things will be, uh, you know, along the way here to the podcast is um, I, I know nothing about uh, Independence Day. Um, it, you know, I guess the victors always uh, write history. And since the British lost... Uh, we're more interested maybe in the spice trade in India. We'll maybe do a child's version of the Independence Day just for all of our uh, world listeners here. A uh, little bit of an explanation of what actually uh, happened and went on uh, from the uh, wasting all that lovely tea. Maybe it was the sort of insipid L-lettered tea in the harbour, not PG tips or a nice Yorkshire tea. Um, who knows? Um, but we'll be looking at that history so we have a sausage eating competition uh we have a scotsman's view of the english we have a nice little english poem as well and um plenty of uh, delightful delightful banter over the course of uh of the next uh 
time ticking millennia that we have uh, here on the uh, on the uh, on the podcast. Just a story that was missing, lost in action on the last uh, episode of the podcast. A B-Day company is offering to pay someone £8,000 to study their plopping habits over the summer. The official duties of Tushies, VP of Fecal Masses, will document the diet and bowel movements daily for three months. So if you didn't hear, we had the Shitka scale on the last podcast. So listen in to uh, that. I'm sure you'll absolutely uh, love that. We also had uh, the Farting Golfer. So um, listen back to uh, that rather uh, delightful podcast. The worry is now the 4th of July is about to hit us um, that all the pubs are open in the UK now. So it's sort of Trim Dependence Day, uh, Gin and Tonic, Booze Fest uh, Independence Day, uh, independence from the coronavirus and lockdown in the UK for the moment anyway. Uh, and there's a rather uh, slightly disturbing picture of a British man spooning a big old uh, 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 spotted porker pig um, and worries that people will go off the rails this weekend and uh, maybe end the evening spooning a, spooning a, a lesser spotted uh, porker pig. Um, and those guys get up to a ton. So if they roll over in the night, you might be... Uh, crushed uh, into a piece of flattened uh, human bacon that could be the uh, that could be the problem um, so we uh, are happy to be here again and uh, it's exciting to be here for a, a second uh, a second podcast in uh, in one day and uh, celebrating all the uh, idiosyncrasies and um, you know slightly slightly interesting facts and fiction around the you know the Brits in America because I came over to the US 20 years ago I love living in the US it's an absolutely fabulous country and the uh, American people are very friendly Uh, they've taught me what fanny really means Um, I was slightly on on the fence about what fanny meant for many many years Uh, but they've taught me about fannies and I do carry around a fanny pack now excellent for keeping uh, pyramid tea bags um, uh, be careful where you put your uh, squeezing mechanism that you used to squeeze out the tea bags I mean that's uh, very delicate I wouldn't put that into the fanny pack so I've, I, I do uh, own a fanny pack now but only for uh, only for tea bags uh, and it's a little bit too hot around the uh, pouch area for um, I would say uh, Cadbury's chocolate gets very very melty and very sticky if you leave that in the pouch for too long. The fanny pack is almost like a sort of modern version of the Scottish Sporran, I think. But I do like a tartan purse uh, covering the crown jewels. I think that's probably a much finer example maybe than the fanny pack. But great invention uh, nonetheless. So, um, as I said, being a Brit living in America, I, when I first came over, I couldn't find a tea kettle for love nor money. Um, there were the uh, tea kettles you put on the stove that took 20 hours to boil. There was no electric tea kettles uh, to be seen or found anywhere, let alone decent tea. Because, I mean, obviously part of the, the, the history, you know, the Boston Tea Party, all that tea uh, being dumped into the harbour, uh, Americans complaining against the British taxes from Mad King George, 
and uh, all the wondrous, wondrous tea being poured into the harbour. I do wonder if um, if it be maybe like this slightly uh, piss water insipid tea with the letter L, uh, if that wouldn't have caused such a rumpus. Maybe it was a full-bodied Yorkshire tea that went into the harbour or PG tips when fell into the harbour. Really, a really delightful reddish brew. Uh, very uh, full-bodied brew into the Boston Harbour. Maybe that's uh, what happened on uh, uh, on the events that led up to uh, American independence. Who knows? I'm hazarding a guess here, as uh, as, as any uh, uh, any uh, uh, slightly dumb uh, British butler would do. Um, so here we are, uh, sitting on my uh, throne. Um, I, I'm not insane. I'm not like Mad King George, but probably mildly eccentric. Uh, always a bowler hat. Always a, uh, a button-down shirt with a collar. Uh, it, it, the collars are actually attached, so don't worry about that. But I think that's what I'll be wearing for any Fourth of July celebrations uh, uh, that uh, that occur uh, tomorrow. I think that's going to be an absolute. Uh, absolute must i would say so we do have um you know before we move on to matters of sausage um we uh, I, I would like to you know bring up a fabulous um one of my favorite songs and i think it's uh, you know i do think it's uh, something to behold and it really and it really makes um makes me living in america i mean i love living here but i remember my roots englishman in new york and and it's the the great sting song i don't drink coffee i drink tea my dear i like my toast done on one side and you can hear it in my accent when i talk i'm an englishman in new york see me walking down fifth avenue a walking cane here at my side i take it everywhere i walk I'm an Englishman in New York. Hopefully it's a, a silver tip cane. I'm an alien. I'm an illegal alien. I'm an Englishman in New York. If manners maketh man, as someone said, then he's the hero of the day. It takes a man to suffer ignorance and smile. Be yourself no matter what they say. Modesty, propriety can lead to notoriety. You could end up as one. Gentleness, sobriety are rare in this society as nights a candle brighter than the sun takes more than a combat gear to make a man takes more than a license for a gun confront your enemies avoid them when you can an englishman will walk but never run the pure ethos of uh, keep calm and cauliflower cheese take it easy stroll don't run walk take your time sip your tea don't guzzle it down is uh, is, is is an essence an Englishman in New York, and the uh, the mantra of today's podcast is Brits do tend to prefer, and they don't like to be bothered, but they do tend to be prefer booze over bayonets. And with all the pubs opening up tomorrow in the UK, 4th of July, they can get a haircut, they can go and have a pint. It's booze over bayonets, ladies and mantelpieces. And it's uh, so wondrous to uh, to have you here to hear my nonsense and uh, and indulge in my uh, in my nonsense, uh, just um, some matters of uh, matters of um, in terms of uh, where you can listen to the podcast. You can listen to the podcast at uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio. 
You can also uh, listen to it um, on Spotify. Tune in as well. At Keep Cheese is the uh, is the Twitter handle, and you can see my uh, delectations and descriptions and and uh, comments and viewpoints over the course of the weeks and years on there. Okay, so all things sausage. Um, now, I, I do like a good burger. Don't like it too dry. Don't overcook it. But I do love and adore a sausage. And it has to be a bratwurst. It has to be maybe an English Cumberland sausage. So we're going to be looking at sausages today. And I've got my two contestants, my audience here, of Jack and George, the dogs, ready, waiting, waiting to go here. Uh, we have uh, the sausages on a plate. On a, on, a, on, a, on a lovely plate here, slightly cream-colored plate, and we have the uh, crispy uh, delights ready for them to munch and nibble on um, over, the, uh, over the course of the podcast here. Uh, so we're going to have that competition uh, very, very, very soon here. But um, just wanted to you know, give you the lovely, lovely, lovely listener, the humble listener here, um, I talked about a Cumberland sausage. Now, probably nobody knows what the Cumberland sausage is, but a Cumberland sausage is a pork sausage that originated in the ancient county of Cumberland, England. Now, part of Cumbria is traditionally very long, up to 21 inches, that's 50 centimeters, and solid rolled in a flat circular coil within Western Cumbria, and it's served in a long curved length. Seasonings are uh, prepared from a variety of spices and herbs, not herbs, herbs, uh, through the uh, flavor palette is commonly dominated by pepper. Both sides are black and white in contrast to the more herb-dominated varieties such as Lincolnshire sausage. Traditionally, no cullings or preservatives are added. So you've got a, the, the history of the sausage. It's 500 years old. Not this particular sausage, but that would be uh, absolutely terrible feeding my dogs a 500-year-old sausage. So it's a Cumberland sausage. Uh, so we have our runners and riders here. Uh, we have a, a Cumberland sausage, as I described it. It's, it. I don't think. I think it's maybe about 15 inches long, probably not 21 inches long. Uh, and that's on the right-hand side of the plate. So I'm actually going to go over and uh, grab the uh, sausages uh, on the plate. We have our the runners and riders. We have a, a wiener. We have maybe some bratwurst, and we have the Cumberland ready to go. Now, um, so let's have a look here. We are going to uh, Sir Jack. Here we go. Um, here's a, a little piece of the uh, Vena, the hot dog. Oh, he absolutely gobbled that down in one bite here. Now, uh, uh, what, here we got. You got George here now. What do you think of this? Oh, 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 he's backing away here. Backing away. Is she? Oh, she's eat, She's eating. It's gone down the gullet there. So there we go. So it's a one all um, at the moment here. They both had the, uh, the the hot dog. Now we have a little bit of the Cumberland sausage. Oh, that went down a treat, absolute treat uh, for George. And we're gonna give uh, Jackie the Cumberland. Oh my God, nearly bit my hand off there. Uh, so uh, there we go. And uh, now we have a little bit of bratwurst here. There we go. What do you think of that, George? Uh, a little bit more tentative on the uh, bratwurst. Uh, Jack, here's a bratwurst for you. Ah, oh God, I got a, a, a canine tooth through the finger there. Um, now, here we go again. Let's um, now we move back to the Cumberland here. That's the Cumberland for George. That's going down a treat. 
Cumberland for Jack has threw it in the air and he caught it like a champ. Jumped up into the air and caught it. Uh, back to the uh, Vena. There we go, Jack. There's a Vena for you. And uh, here we go. Then we get. That's here we go. Back to the Cumberland. Two. Oh, that's a that's a swallow. There's no chew there for George. And a uh, bit of Cumberland for Jackie. And uh, now we have a Vena for uh, Madame George. Oh, and that licking the chops there. And yeah, there we go. Another Vena for Jack. Back to the Cumberland. Nice meaty piece of Cumberland sausage there. And uh, Georgia absolutely uh, devoured the uh, the Cumberland there. And Jackie, oh, shimmy to the side, but love that Cumberland sausage. And uh, back on the Vena again. These are these are. There's no nitrates in these uh, hot dogs here. And the dogs are absolutely loving it. Loving the American hot dog. Loving the American hot dog here. Well, they are, you know, mostly American. Maybe some Scottish heritage in Georgia. Back to the Cumberland. Oh, that slipped down an absolute treat. Nothing to wash it down. No water or uh, no uh, no ale there either. And uh, George, here we go. And George ate the, uh, ate the Cumberland as well. Jack with the wiener. George with the Cumberland. Oh, so... Here we go, and all right, we're going to feed them more pieces at once here. We're double bubble here, double bubble with the uh, Wieners and the Cumberland. There we go, and they're absolutely loving it here. All right, we're going to go to the judges, and uh, we'll get the results very, very soon. Ladies and mantelpieces, back in a wireless near you soon with the results of the sizzling transatlantic sausage eating competition. So, as I said, history is always taught by the victors and really wasn't taught very much about the uh, War of Independence, 4th of July, America breaking uh, away from uh, uh, the UK. I know it was to do with taxes. The UK was taxing the Americans heavily. But I thought we'd like look a little bit um, at either the basic story and do it like a kid's version of uh of what happened um during the uh during the fourth of july educating myself in the history and educating some people who don't really don't know why they think they eat burgers and have hot dogs and wear american eagles and everything so so the american revolution also known as the revolution war was fought between great britain and the 13 british colonies in north america the war took place from 1775 to 1783, fighting in North America, and the Continental Army was led by George Washington, and he defeated the armies of the uh, British Empire. After the war ended, the 13 colonies became independent, which meant the British Empire was no longer in charge of them. So the cause of the American Revolution started years after problems between the British Empire and colonists of North America and French and the Indian War. People in the 13 colonies really did dislike um, you know, the British rule, the government, such as the Intolerable Acts. For many years, the British government decided which countries could trade with the colonies instead of the colonies decided themselves. In 1765, the British Parliament needed money to pay back the debt for the French of Indian War, and they passed a law called the Stamp Act. 
the law said that colonists had to buy stamps for legal papers, newspapers and playing cards as other British people did. And the money from the stamps went to the king. The colonies did not follow the law and the colonies refused to do what the king wanted. The Boston Tea Party and the Boston Massacre caused people to become more angry about the situation. The British sent more soldiers, red coats by the colonists to insult them to keep control of the colonies and had to fight. And in 1774, the British passed the Intolerable Acts to punish the colonists in Boston for the Boston Tea Party. Not all colonists wanted to leave the British Empire. The Loyalists or Tories stayed loyal to Great Britain and they weren't going to change their views. The Patriots and Whigs wanted independence. Before the revolution, most people in America were Loyalists, but after it, most people were Patriots. The first of the battles of the American Revolution were at Lexington and Concord. The first major battle was uh, the Battle of Bunker Hill in, 19, in 1775, and after that, the British controlled Boston. Around the time, the Second Continental Congress sent an olive branch petition to George III, Magkin George, which he rejected and named George Washington was named head of the army. And early in 1776, uh, Washington's army drove the British out of Boston. A few months later, the Continental Army and the British troops under William Howe fought the New York and New Jersey campaign. During the New York battles, the British started using Hessian troops who were from Germany. Uh, though the colonists lost New York, the British would hold it for the rest of the war. Washington was able to hold on to much of the army. And over Christmas in 1776-77, Washington crossed the Delaware River and defeated the Hessians at Trenton and the British at Princeton. In 1777, the British attacked the city of Philadelphia, then the American capital, and two battles were fought over Philadelphia, Brandywine and Germantown. So one of the most important battles, the Battle of Saratoga in 1777, American soldiers were under Horatio Gates, forced a British surrender under John Burgoyne. This led to France and Spain joining the war on the side of the Americans. These powerful countries fought the British around the world from 1778 to 1780. There were southern battles as well across Georgia and South Carolina. General Nathaniel Green led the rebel campaign. He caused many... Um, uh, many, he caused many people in the South to be patriots instead of loyalists and won several battles against the British. In, uh, in 1781, Washington and the French General Jean Rombachot led an offensive against the British troops in Yorktown, Virginia. This was called the Battle of Yorktown. When the soldiers lost the battle, the British surrendered and the British continued to fight the French and the Spanish for two years after. The American Revolution came to an end in 1783 when a peace treaty was signed in Paris, France, the Treaty of Paris. The British King George III, uh, I think before he turned mad actually, accepted the independence of the colonies and recognized the newly created nation of the United States of America. The treaty also gave all the land Britain said it owned to the west of the Appalachians as far as the Mississippi River to the new country. This land would eventually become part of the US and lead to the creation of 35 new states rebelled as part of the Confederate States of America now make up the uh, United States. Many of the loyalists fled to Canada. And of course, the Canadians still um, a part of the uh, British Commonwealth. And um, uh, that's the story, the kid version, the child version of the war in independence and i have to say i'm better educated now maybe you're better educated now um but as i said i was being taught about henry the eighth i was being talking about uh naughty king james talking about elizabeth the first we're talking about the spanish armada 
everything medieval William the Conqueror, but we never learned about uh, the War of Independence, American Revolution. As I said, it's not taught to the losing side. The winners always uh, write the history and uh, the US uh, won on this occasion. So I think tomorrow I uh, might, as I said, be uh, maybe going underground. Um, no red coats, but maybe an Indian curry, some very, very strong tea with a dash of milk in it. Not an iced tea to be seen anywhere. And um, and then, uh, you know, happy birthday to America. And uh, we'll salute you, uh, you know, maybe with uh, a little bit of uh, champagne corks popping. So you know, we just uh, fire up, um, you know, we'll get the we'll get the champagne corks popping here uh, if we can find it. I think it'd be perfect. To, uh, oh, let's have a look here. Uh, oh, no, no, wrong. Sorry. No, we don't want Big Ben. Oops, sorry about that. There we go. Oh, yeah, here we go. Happy birthday, America. There we go. Absolutely fantastic. And um, there we go. That was a little bit of history that we all uh, we all learned. Rather, rather wonderful uh, stuff. And um, I think I'm going to do the hot dog, maybe with the giardinara, all the hot pickles and peppers on there, uh, and maybe a bratwurst as well, with a dash of the uh, spicy commons English mustard, I think. So luckily, I've actually found a very fast uh, electric tea kettle over here now. But I think, you know, on, on a day where uh, the British were sent in retreat, I think we... I think we need, or in English, we're sent in retreat. I think we need to uh, take a, take a word of a Scotsman. Um, there's a nice little uh, Scottish thought here. The average Englishman in the home he causes castle slips into his national costume, a shabby raincoat painted by chemist Charles Mackintosh, who is actually from Glasgow, Scotland. En route to his office, he strides around the English lane, surfaced by John McAdam of Air, Scotland. He drives an English car fitted with tyres invented by John Boyd Dunlop of Dreghorn, Scotland. Uh, arrives at the station and boards a train, the forerunner to which was a steam engine invented by James Watt of Greenock, Scotland. He then pours himself a cup of coffee with a thermos flask, the later invented by Dewar, a Scotsman from Kincardine on Forth. At the office, he receives a mail bearing adhesive stamps invented by James Chalmers of Dundee, Scotland. During the day, he uses the telephone invented by Alexander Graham Bell, born in Edinburgh, Scotland. At home in the evening, his daughter pedals a bicycle invented by Kirkpatrick Macmillan of Dumfries. He watches the news on his television, invention of John Logie Baird of Helensburgh, Scotland. And here's about an item in the US Navy founded by John Paul Jones of Coke Bean, Scotland. He has now been reminded too much of Scotland and in desperation he picks up the Bible only to find the first man mentioned in a good book is a Scot, James VI. Nowhere can an Englishman turn to escape the ingenuity of the Scots. He could take to drink, but the Scots make the best in the world, obviously with scotch. He could take a rifle and end it all, but the breech-loading rifle was invented by Captain Patrick of Pitfall, Scotland. If he escapes death, he might find himself on an operating table injected with penicillin, invented by Alexander Fleming Darvel of Scotland, or an anaesthetic created by Sir James Young of Bathgate, Scotland. Out of the anaesthetic, he would find no comfort in learning that he was safe as the Bank of England, was founded by William Patterson of Dumfries. Perhaps his only remaining hope would be to get a transfusion of guild blood, Scottish blood, which would entitle him to ask, What, like us?
Anyway, uh, it always takes a Scotman to knock down an Englishman, knock down the butler to where he belongs here. Um, uh, but uh, lovely little uh, ditty there um, uh, based around uh, based around Scots. So as we uh, as we close the podcast here and um, maybe I'll go and have a cup of tea and a gin and tonic at this 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 time to cool down. The tannings in the tea do actually keep you uh, nice and cool. It does help you sweat. Um so just to finish here, and, and again, uh, I'm very grateful uh, living in America and uh, giving give me wonderful convenience and really is, um, it gives a lot of opportunity for many, many, many folks, including myself. So it's great to uh, great to be here, but I can't um, uh, get rid of my uh, Englishness. I do still love my cricket. I still like a, a you know, heady uh, a cup of brew. Um, but so you know, going to finish with a ode really to England. St George, he was for England, and before he killed the dragon, he drank a pint of English ale out of an English flagon. For through he fast right readily in hair shirt or in mail, he isn't safe to t- give him cakes unless you give him ale. St George, he was in England and right gallantly set free. The lady left for dragon meat and tied up to a tree. But since he stood for England and knew what England means, unless you give him bacon, you mustn't give him beans. St. George, he is for England and shall wear the shield he wore. Then when we go out in armour with battle cross before, though he is jolly company and very pleased to dine, it isn't safe to give him nuts unless you give him wine. Lovely uh, little poem by uh, Gilbert Keith Chesterton. Thank you very much for joining the podcast. Enjoy your wieners. Put the hot peppers on. The Jardinara is one of the greatest Chicago inventions. The Jardinara on the hot dog. Great on a bratwurst. Maybe a little bit of spicy English mustard. Not so keen on the yellow stuff that you get over here. Not strong enough. Not spicy enough on the tongue. But thank you very much for tuning into the podcast uh, at Keep Cheese on Twitter. And I will uh, talk to you very, very soon. Cheerio. Go and enjoy a good pint. uh, And uh, we'll talk again at this lovely little whimsical portal soon.